This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And finally, you can um, follow us on Letterboxd at uh, Obsessive Viewer, Obsessive Tiny, and I am Mike White. Um, I'm your host, the aforementioned Matt Hurt, and with me today is recurring co-host Kirsten Leiser, who can be found on Twitter at Burger underscore Lurker. Hello. Hi. Hi. Fekus is texting me asking about Welcome to Marwin. Oh, uh, um, we'll get yeah, to that. We will. Yes, today on the podcast we are going to be talking about a couple of movies we've seen in the theaters. Um... And, and yeah, one of which being Welcome to Marwin. Uh, but before we do that, I don't really have that much housekeeping or anything. Uh, just that I am super excited about 2018 ending. Um, <laughs> this has been quite the year. It has. Well, that's the thing. It's been a really good year for me in terms of movie watching. And, <laughs> like, I... <laughs> But me personally, my life is in shambles. Oh yeah, my, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a emotionally, I'm crippled. Show. Yeah, and- exactly. But movies. <laughs> um, but no, it's been it's been quite a year for me in terms of movie watching. Like I'm super excited to compile all my stats and everything, and I'm super excited to force you to make a top ten list. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Well, it's going to be on the episode, so it's, it'll, you'll be you'll have to because well, Vekas is going to do one. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Well, we we will we will. I'm going to drive up the suspense. Yeah. Okay, okay. Will she do it? Will she do it? Will she, she, she not? Will, will she? Mm-hmm. she will. Oh, I forgot to mention, you can also support us on Patreon. Um, go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Kirsten and I just recorded a Christmas themed little bonus thing for Patreon subscribers. So, uh, go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and support us at the minimum rate of $1 per month and you'll get access to a, uh, special RSS feed that is, uh, filled with exclusive content, uh, for your listening pleasure. And, uh, yeah, speaking of which, today, in terms of r- releasing this episode, is Christmas Day. I'm releasing this on Christmas. So. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, Kirsten and I had a small discussion about people, like, listening to the podcast instead of spending time with their family. And um, I'm just, I really appreciate you guys doing that and uh, taking time out of y- your time with family to listen mm-hmm. to us talk. Or even those of you who have gathered the kids around the fire to listen yes. to the Obsessive Viewer together. As that's a family. That's one of my dreams. That's, that is one of my dreams. Like, like I'm, I'm picturing like people who used to listen to the radio, you know, and like yes. you listen to the Lone Ranger on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this is. You're the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I'm Tonto. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Pizza's the horse. And, oh, pizza. Did the horse have a name? Jeez, I did the horse have a name? I'm sure it had a name. I never watched The Lone Ranger. Me neither. Or uh, listened to it. She, I'm like The Lone Ranger. You're and I like, never saw the Johnny Depp no, me one neither. because, yeah. wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm The Lone Ranger. You're like Tonto and Pizza's Bonto. 
um, the office reference. That's a deep cut office reference. Uh, that's familiar, but yeah. I can't pinpoint Season two, it. episode The Fire. Are you um, serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Is that the one where Stanley had the heart attack? No. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's much later. Because he had the heart attack during the fire. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I know. Ryan started the fire. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's the other fire that happens right. later when Stanley has a heart attack. Yeah, the fire that was shooting at them. Mm. Um, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so anyway, uh, speaking of people listening to the podcast, we ran into someone. A fan, you might a say. A fan, yes. Yeah. Uh, do you, you want to talk about Yeah, that? we were, yeah. we were going into Welcome to Marwin. We were we, in a hurry we too. We were running a little bit late. Yeah. yeah. Not like late, like we, like we were going to come in during the previews, but right. you know, we, we, I like seeing the previews. I'm, yes. Can we talk about why we were a little bit late? Because I was two minutes late. Three minutes. I was three minutes it was, late. I was, it was two three mi- minutes. I, it was two minutes. And I will. I the will time take... was. It was. It was three seventeen. On my now, phone, first it was all, 318. Now, first of all, first of all, your phone was wrong. You told me to be at your place at three fifteen, and I, and I even say, was thinking like that would only give us fifteen minutes to mm-hmm. get to the theater. I was, and I will admit, I should have said three ten when I but was I, getting ready. But I trusted you. Well, and you shouldn't have. <laughs> I won't in the future. Yeah. But I, admittedly, I was two and a half Three minutes late. Minutes. I'm giving late. you half a minute. Shut the fuck up. Well, that's what she I was two said. and a half minutes late. But two and a half minutes in the grand scheme of things doesn't make much right because we were like four minutes late. So to the it theater. was both of our. We'll share the blame. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. So we yeah. were kind of this in is a great rush. podcasting. <laughs> They're hearing us bicker over. <laughs> Whose fault it was that we were four minutes late. But it's funny because I was getting ready and I was like, okay, Kirsten's going to be here at 310. And then like I'm sitting I'm usually couch. early. I'm usually, I'm yeah, an early you're person. You're actually usually right on time. Because like, I get here early. Exactly. And then you just sit outside and wait. And look up at your um, apartment and yes. say soon. <laughs> but at like 312, I was like, wow, that's that. this isn't like Kirsten. And then I looked and it's like, oh yeah, it was 315. It's I because did. I took a power nap oh. right before I had to like start getting ready mm-hmm. and when i woke up mm-hmm. my cat was sleeping on me oh. and i was so cozy yeah. and i just closed my eyes for a couple more minutes and okay. i didn't fall back asleep or anything i just it was difficult to wrench myself out of bed because I've my cat was cuddling before. with me and so that was why it was two and a half minutes late three minutes two I minutes um, i'm taking your half minute away yeah, i was two minutes no. late <laughs> so anyway so anyway we, so, so we, we get to the theater we have we pre-buy our tickets right. so that we don't have to wait in line mm-hmm. so so we're going through and from behind i hear hey aren't you those guys from that podcast which let's pause here because i heard that and in my mind like my immediate reaction was oh, i'd be cool to be noticed for something like that. <laughs> not like, that you thought that you were cool. not like not even like and also it was we were in a hurry so i was like even if even if an adoring fan uh <laughs> <laughs> uh uh said that i wouldn't uh, but, but yeah so i i recognized yeah. the voice it was this guy i know mm-hmm. kirk Fields. I'm gonna nice. say his full name. Okay. Hope he doesn't get murdered because right. of this. I'm the number one obsessive viewer fan, <laughs> and he tracks him down and stabs him while he sleeps. So, mm-hmm. hey, Kirk. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that he uh, started listening because you were on the podcast. I mean, probably, but yeah. but he recognized, like he he mm. would have just called my name if you know it was mm. just me or like me and you know. So right. He, he he must have known that you are Matt from the Obsessive Viewer. That's true. Because he said, "Hey, aren't you those guys from that podcast?" That's a good point. So, yeah. but yeah, I know okay. Kirk from local theater. So nice. he's a great guy. Nice. He, yeah. Has he been in anything that I would have seen? Um, oh, because you said King, King Lear. Yeah, we did King Lear yeah. together. Um, that's the only show we've done together. Okay. Um, uh, but he's and he works around town. He's great. He's fantastic. Okay. Nice. He actually, um, a couple years ago at Christmas time, mm-hmm. he uh he asked for my address, and mm-hmm. I was you know when people ask for your address around this time of year, you think you're going to get like a standard right. you know Christmas or holiday card, <laughs> and what he sent me was this lovely note oh, nice. saying how much he like. Thinks I'm fantastic. That's and, awesome. You know, like, you know, just saying really nice things. And he sent me this bear. It was a little bear that his mother made. Oh, it's wow. A homemade, a homemade bear. And he said when when she passed, he found a box of them and had been distributing them over the years. And that was oh, one of the last wow. ones. And I have it. I, I have it in oh a my God. place of prominence in my apartment. That's I, so awesome. That's so nice. I know. It was, it wow. was it, a very wonderful gift. It was nice. very sweet of him. Um. <laughs> Speaking of people asking for addresses and stuff, did uh, Tony contact you about your address? He did. He asked for my address. Yeah. yeah. Did you respond to him? Yeah, I gave it oh, to okay. him, and he said yeah. thanks. Yeah, it was. It's for a Christmas card. I assumed. Yeah. I, <laughs> I uh, and I got mine today. And uh, oh, I'm sure mine's waiting in my. Ma- I I don't yeah. check my mail every day because oh, I don't because okay. I don't get a lot of mail. Oh, gotcha. So. Um, but I got mine today, and it's a, it's a very nice Christmas card oh, and everything. That's nice. Yeah, and like it's funny. It's it's really it's it's cute because on the on the envelope it says uh, Matt and Pizza Roll. Hurt. Oh. Yeah. I, when you're a ninja and I got a card <laughs> to Kirsten and Ninja. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's always nice. Yeah. But thank you, Tony, for the very nice Christmas. Yeah. Card. I feel bad because I don't do like cards or anything. I, and ever since it's I like, got maybe I should because I'm almost 30. Like, yeah. I'm like a real adult. Like, maybe, like, right. maybe I should. Every have Christmas, Christmas I think me and Pizza should do like a, a goofy little family <laughs> holiday card. But I feel like that would be crossing a line and like, it's like, in my head, it would be funny, but then I also feel like people that I send it to, some of them might be like, is Matt okay? <laughs> no. Okay. Short answer, he's yeah. not. Like, I feel like twenty, like 26 in sending that would be funny. 32 in sending yeah. that is like a cry for help. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so today we're talking about a couple movies that we, uh, have seen. Uh, the big one we're gonna talk about is Welcome to Marwin, but I think before that we're gonna do a, a, a mini review of Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. and I also wanna talk to you about Blind Spotting as well. Oh yeah. So we've got a packed episode mm-hmm. that I'm gonna postpone even further and say, um, oh, I had something here, but I can't remember <gasps> what I was gonna say. Wow. Yeah, crap. What was? Oh, yeah. I was gonna give you the opportunity. Um, you recently got cast in a show. I did in a few shows too. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about Kinda almost on fire Me. lately. I know. Yeah, I got cast uh, in a production at a theater called Mud Creek Players, mm-hmm. and it's my first time working with them. I'm very excited. They mm-hmm. have a wonderful um theater. They've got a wonderful space. Um, it's uh, uh almost Maine. I, I mm-hmm. the reason I auditioned is because I saw the show several years ago, right. and it's a it's a beautiful show. It really mm-hmm. is. It's as it's like I I know I probably say that every show is going to be great, but like this is going to be a really good show. It's a strong cast. Um, right. It's great Your mic director. Is on, right. 
Yeah. Okay, good. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Do I just panicked a little bit. <laughs> I was like, what is he staring at? This whole, you were, interrupted I, you in the middle of promoting I thought you thing. were like zoning out like I've heard this and you were just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, nodding to be polite. I'm going to just turn you up just a little bit. But anyway, sorry. Yes, Go ahead. So Almost Maine um, opens um, f- uh, February 15th. Mm-hmm. The Thursday before on the 14th is, of course, Valentine's Day, but mm-hmm. it's also pay what you want night. Nice. So if anyone was interested in going, they, mm-hmm. you know, at minimum pay is a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get there early because from what I hear, there's usually a line. Mm-hmm. And then opening night is buy one, get one free tickets. Oh, nice. Which is really cool. So what you have to do is call in or email to reserve your ticket and mention a cast member. Ah. So um, just say, you know me, Kirsten mm-hmm. Leister, and you get you get buy one, get one free tickets. Very for, cool. Oh, opening night only. But nice. runs for three weekends. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's, it's a it's a great show. It's so funny and it's so charming. Yeah. You were telling me about it. And I'm I'm really excited. You're going to love it because you yeah. love rom-coms. I and do. it's just like a one big rom-com. Like, so. that's, that's my thing. Yeah. Like uh, I was going to say, yeah, it, it, like pay what you want night is uh, Valentine's Day. The day before Valentine's Day, uh, the movie Isn't It Romantic comes out. So, Isn't it? Is, yeah. is that the one that you really want to see? I do. It is, looks, with, with Rebel Wilson? Yeah, Rebel Wilson, where her life turns into a, a romantic comedy. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. So that weekend will be yeah. jam-packed. Like, yeah. you can go see Kirsten yeah. at Mud Creek Players and go see Isn't It Romantic. Yeah, you can get tickets oh at mudcreekplayers.org. Nice. It's going to be a good shoe. Yes, and as we get closer to it, I'm going to mention which uh, which showing I'll be at so you can get the obsessive viewer bump. Great. And uh, listeners can, can join me in seeing you perform. And uh, it's almost Maine, which is like almost comma maine the state yeah it's it's um, it's, it's a, a a small town in maine so yes, almost maine yes almost maine or as as i like to say when i go see it it would be more like definitely supporting instead of maine supporting because i'll be supporting you i'll definitely be there instead of almost well i guess that wraps it up for this thank episode thank you so much for I- listening and we'll see you next time <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So we've seen some movies. I think that that's all. I think that's all the. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about what they are here to listen. Yes. To. So do you want to just do you want to dive into Welcome to Marwin and then and then save the sure. Kind of let's do it. Later? It's fresh. Okay. So yes. So Welcome to Marwin is the new film from Robert Zemeckis. It is based on a real life uh, story of um, Mar- uh, Mark uh, Hogan Camp, who created like a mini uh, world um uh, an art installation i should say uh basically the plot description is a victim of a brutal attack finds a unique and beautiful therapeutic outlet to help him through his recovery process so um there is a documentary that is um the was kind of the basis for this the documentary is called marwin call um i haven't seen it but it's about the true story so um, we were excited about this because the trailers, like I, I've been texting Fekus tonight and he said, that, uh, the tra- like he said, is, is Marwin as bad as, as bad as the trailers look? I thought the trailer looked good. I did too. It looked very whimsical. Yes. You know? Very kind of cute. And it, it looked like a movie that would like be so touching that it yeah. would make me cry. You and know? And the other, and on the other hand, it did look like kind of that prime, like Oscar bait kind of 
Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's uh your shirt says nap queen. It does say nap queen. Okay. I'm the queen of naps. Nice. Uh three minutes late because of nap. But anyway, um so uh <laughs> it's two minutes. It's three. Anyway, it's two. So um so yeah, and I was like the trailer I thought was like you said, it looked very whimsical and, and fluffy is mm-hmm. the way I would yeah, describe it. Sure. And also just like it like it kind of went back and forth between like real like people and the dolls acting out and like in Marwen, it was a meld of those worlds. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that looked like an interesting concept. So I was pretty excited to see it. And, and Steve Carell. And Steve Carell, yeah. You know, Steve, good, Steve Carell great Carell. cast. Yeah, Steve Carell. Leslie Mann, uh, uh, Janelle Monae. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some people I've people. never heard of. Yeah, there was someone else I was trying to think of. Oh, who played Roberta? Because I've seen her in Merritt stuff. Weaver. She was, Merritt Weaver. I, I don't remember seeing her in anything, but I really liked her. She yeah. gave oh, a very honest performance. That's what I know her from. What? Okay. So first first of all, she was in Birdman, uh, which you've still never seen. No, Birdman, I never saw you? Birdman. I, you and I need to Michael watch it. Michael Keaton. Yes. You and I really need to watch it because I think that you'll appreciate it a lot because I'm, it's about theater. Yeah. I I, I know. Um, I, I, yeah. I wanted to see it. I just never got around to it. Yeah. But she was also uh, Tracy Abernathy in 2002's Signs. Uh, she was the... She was the girl at the pharmacy, I think, that Mel Gibson, like, oh, she went up to Mel she Gibson. kept talking. Yeah. It's, yeah. She's like, I'm really, I'm really scared. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. She, she's like, I just really feel like I need to confess father. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I was obsessed with that movie. Let me tell you. My <laughs> my best friend, Mackenzie, and I, we, mm-hmm. would, we would watch it, like, every time I would come over, which would be every weekend. That's we awesome. thought we were going to be filmmakers, and oh. we would, like, analyze it, you know, like, we were that's awesome. We were obsessed with signs. That's so awesome. Where did where did that where is that like why why haven't you made a film? I'm lazy. Oh, okay. I don't know. I I also have no skills in filmmaking. I am gonna because I didn't pursue that. And uh, we're gonna get your first film off the ground. I don't have any film ideas yeah. except well, for fine. Back to the Future, <laughs> right? Which will be the origin story, finally explaining right. how the Doc met Marty, because it's never explained. <laughs> John Mulaney's right; they mm. never explain it, <laughs> and we need to know yes. how they met. Uh, <laughs> how I met your Doc Brown. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway. Woken Marwin, we were both primed yeah. for it. It's and like I'm of the thought that like okay, schmaltzy like Oscar bait stuff like it's it has a place. I I can look past that and enjoy it. However, I'll go ahead and say it. I was not a fan of this movie. Um, yeah, when it yeah. when it ended, you turned to me and said, "So what did you think?" And I said, "I did not like it nearly as much right. as I thought I would." Yeah. And it was... I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. It was really problematic. I will say the opening sequence that shows, like, we're in in Marwen and we're showing the dolls and everything, like, uh, like I thought for a second, I was like, you know, I wish that the movie was, like, this was the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I would watch, like, this kind of animation style or this type of uh, stop motion technique. I don't know exactly how they did it. Computer generated. I'm sure it was computer generated. I'm sure they had the actors act out the scenes and they computer generated them. Right. But it looked like so just like it didn't have like an uncanny valley kind of feel like it looked right. like it yeah, was in the, yeah. in the world but um 
I was like, I, I could watch an entire movie like this. Mm-hmm. I think it would be kind of cool. I also thought for a second when he finds the, there's a part where he, he lands and he finds a, an overturned Nazi Jeep. And like, all I thought was like, what if we, what if this was actually just like Overlord, but in this style? <laughs> like, I could, I could see <laughs> I that. I could get on board with that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but right from the outset, it's kind of just not like the the story of Mark Hog- Hogan Camp. Like it's tragic in that you know he was beaten mercilessly and they like, kicked every memory out of his head. They did. I I, th- I feel like I heard that a couple times from a couple but, different people. Yeah, in the movie. Um, I feel like that should have been the tagline of the movie since hmm. it was so repeated. But um, <laughs> welcome to Marwin, yeah. where they kick every memory you ever right. had out of your head. <laughs> right. But, it, but yeah, it's a tragic story. Yeah, but it is. But like, but. First of all, how how do you want to go into this? Because we'll want to do a non-spoiler and, and then a spoiler. So we can really dive into the character in spoilers. But in broad terms, he's not a very sympathetic guy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't yeah. feel a whole lot of sympathy for Mark. Right. And one thing, like I told you, one thing that I was worried about um, going into it, which I was glad that they touched on this, I had read just in passing that uh, that the real Mark Hogan Camp was beaten because he was a crossdresser. And, well, just the shoes, right? And I and I didn't check to see if that was like it, but like in the uh, movie, in the movie anyway, yeah, it's, it's, in the movie, it, it's just the shoes, yeah. But like in the trailers, I kind of thought like, oh, are they just gonna just ignore yeah? Because it was because I didn't yeah. know anything about that until right. we got into the movie. Yeah, in that opening scene when he when he finds the shoes mm-hmm. and he puts them on, and I'm like, okay, well, they're shoes of opportunity. Yeah, his caught on fire when he crashed his plane. Right. Um. So. But but then and he kept wearing the shoes, yeah. and I was like, okay, all right. He's- and like, and when when we he opens the case and we see the shoes and everything, and we see like all of the the Underwear. clothes and everything. Um, I was I was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. They're they're actually going to go for it. That that's good. That's admirable because it just seemed like the trailer just seemed like it, maybe this is putting it into putting more into it than what's there. But it just felt like okay, this is kind of a even though it's 2018. And this is a weird guy thing, thing, and we don't want to make this yeah. guy a weird guy. But they, but they did. They, they, they put did. it in. But the problem with it was that they didn't fully explain it. Yeah. He, he had a throwaway, kind of a throwaway mm. line about how... A couple of times. Yeah, about, where, yeah. where how, wearing a woman's shoes helps him connect to the essence of a dame, is what he yeah. said. Which... But I don't... I, don't, I mean, I, I, yeah. I needed more. Yeah. I didn't in, know what that meant to him. In the context of the full movie, also, it just seems more creepy than anything. Like... Mm. Like they go to strengths, or they go to they go to uh, great lengths to <laughs> tell us outright it's not a fetish. Yeah, it's just because she even point blank she's like, so you have a shoe fetish? Well, yeah. no, not a fetish. Not a fetish. No, I just like the essence of women. I'm like, oh, okay. well, that's, what would you call it then? That sounds a little serial killer, but <laughs> um, but we'll talk more in spoilers about his character. But um, but yeah, I just I don't know. It just felt yeah. There, there was no yeah. big emotional payoff like there I anticipated. Really wasn't. Like multiple, like there are multiple like threads throughout the movie. Like one's him uh, being um, confronted with the notion that he has to go to court to mm-hmm. s- see the attackers um, uh, sentenced, and then another is the the, 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 gallery, the gallery opening. And opening. is he going to go to the gallery yeah. opening or isn't? Because because in the, in mm-hmm. the movie he's this town he creates he photographs and. Right. And he's he's had install. They say he's had multiple mm-hmm. um, installations, or or he's been featured anyway. Yeah. Um, and this was like a full gallery like a opening gallery dedicated thing. to him. Yeah, and it was. Um, 
And he was like on the fence for whether or not he was going to go for some reason. Both of those things he, and then there's also some other stuff we'll talk about in spoilers, but like for the most part, all of the dramatic tension just disappears without. Yeah. It it kind of fizzles out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, is he going to go to the sentencing? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And then he just decides. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for no reason. Yeah. And like, uh, about halfway through the movie, there's a scene in the courtroom um and like i like in in the movie i was like sitting there i was like already kind of bored with it and i was like oh good we're like we're at the end of the story this is this is actually pretty good okay but good. just kidding yeah and then we had another like hour and i was just like oh that's, yeah the first courtroom yeah. scene was way more like dramatic yeah and, and climactic mm. than the final courtroom yeah, scene absolutely and we'll we'll talk about that in spoilers but i do like the way that it the movie had a meld of uh yeah yeah he was suffering from ptsd from from this attack that oh yeah uh kicked every memory he had out of his head right um and now we need to say it like two or three more times to meet the quota of the movie um and uh (laughs) so he he would certain things would trigger him and would would and it was kind of weird because he never thought that he was being attacked by the people, but he always went right. back to Marwin because he was weirdly obsessed with World War Two. Yeah, and they never. That was one thing that bothered me is they never mm-hmm. explained why. Because even before he had every memory he had kicked out of his head, mm-hmm. he was a World War Two illustrator, and they said they said that he illustrated comic books and mm-hmm. and that he specialized like he did World War Two illustrations yeah. for comic books. They, and then Marwin is 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 based on a, a fictional city in Belgium yeah. during World War II, and he fights Nazis in, in Marwin. They never explained why he was so obsessed with World War II, but right. he, he, like, he dressed in, like, a like a World War II suit. Yeah. Like, you know? and not... It wasn't, like, a uniform, although, it, like, at the end... Like, he would have, like, what looked like a, a sailor hat yeah. from, like, the Navy, and then, like, at the end of the movie, he has, like, a full, like, military hat he was wearing the full suit too. He was wearing the full suit because yeah. he wore it to the courtroom and he had the sports yeah, jacket that's over right. it. He wore that when he went to Nicole's house for the tea party too. Oh yeah, um, yeah that and that that bothered me too because like I get it like he's basically the movie is him uh, using his Marwin install art installation as an escape and mm-hmm. it's bleeding into his real life like he's he's just connecting to it so much that it, it's just he's creating a, an escape for himself that's bleeding into his everyday life but it also just felt just wrong for him to you know dress as a soldier mm-hmm. when like cuz i i had thought like watching the trailers i thought that maybe he was like a vet that oh. got attacked wasn't he i don't think so. when they showed pictures of his scrapbook i'm pretty sure they showed a picture of him in uniform i'm oh, almost positive as I a matter of fact did. now obviously he wouldn't have served in world war ii because right. it's a modern movie that's interesting i'm gonna look this up because that will I'm but i'm positive the there was a picture of him in the scrapbook mm-hmm. in some kind of war uniform it did look like a sailor hat but none of it seemed like uh they didn't really but but he didn't serve in world war ii right we know that what are you looking for what are you looking oh, for uh to see if he was in the military i thought you were <laughs> talking to pizza talking to? yeah see i'm not seeing anything i'm positive there was a picture of him in uniform Oh, I remember that because it looked like he had like a like a navy uniform, mm-hmm. but it doesn't say anything about it like in the movie. But 
I don't know. Any either way. Um, yeah. So but yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so so the movie has a lot. It had a lot of problems. A lot of problems. There were just yeah. moments that made me uncomfortable. Yes. Like as a woman watching mm-hmm. his interactions with women. Yeah. You know, it's it's very much. And they passed it off as funny and charming, yeah. and it wasn't. It wasn't like it seemed like, like if if I was his friend, mm-hmm. if I was one of his friends, one of the people from the movie, right? I would not be comfortable with. Him. Yeah. Oh yeah. There and it's. Like the movie tries to get us to sympathize with him as a character, but there are things in the movie that I'm just like this. Like it, it just wasn't okay. Yeah. Like it seemed, it seemed like uh, the movie was very tone deaf to his actions. Mm-hmm. Like it just like there are things, and we'll talk about them in spoilers. Is- but they they could have gone a more dramatic route. Like yeah, because. It's unnerving. It's unsettling. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. Um, it's mentioned in the trailers that he, that like the women of Marwin that he has in his little, uh, town are all based on women that he knows. And like that's, that's cool. But like the way that they're utilized in Marwin and the way that he incorporates the women yeah. into it is just, not something that I could get on board with, mm-hmm. um, or get behind the character with. Um, and they try yeah. and they they kind of try and play it off like, oh, it's you know, it's it's Mark. He's simple, you know. Yeah. He, he had every memory he ever had kicked, kicked out, of out of his, his head. head, and now we've know? reached our quota. <laughs> and um, I just that's not an excuse. Yeah, like all these people are just kind of enabling him, right? You know, yeah, oh, yes, and that's one thing that we didn't talk about before, like the whole um. I would even go so far as to say that the women characters aren't even that well, like, developed or anything. Because well, no, they're not. Some of them aren't even not. in the movie. Yeah. Like, we see Gwendolyn Christie has one scene with him in, mm-hmm. like, yeah. real life. Um, and, and so does Janelle Monet. One yes, scene. And that's right? in a flashback. Yeah. That's and not that's even... a flashback. She's not even active right. in the movie. And then... Uh, and granted, they do have scenes in Marwin and everything. I'm sure that the actresses did. Yeah, but that's not. The, but, but but that's that's his fictionalized exactly. version of them. That's not them. Exactly. And uh, Carlala is um, a waitress. Or yeah. Something at the bar that he works at, and like talk about like characters enabling his his condition or his behavior and stuff. Like their scenes are 100% like just her asking him questions about Marwin as if it's a real thing. Like, yeah. like she's engaged with the plot and everything. Well, one thing that really bothered, I like the character of Roberta because mm-hmm. she, she seemed genuine. Like she really wanted to help him, yeah. you know, she was making sure he was eating and right. she was, you know, offered to drive him to the court, you yeah. know, and everything. Um, but like the way he went on and on about Nicole, like he was yeah. like weirdly obsessed with her mm-hmm. just after meeting her, and right. and she's like, oh, fun, tell me more, mm-hmm. you know. And he's showing her pictures of the dolls making out with each other, yeah. you know, and and she's like, oh, that's nice, and yeah. I'm like, that's not nice. It's not. That's not yeah. nice. So let me ask you this: When we first met, <laughs> if I showed you pictures of dolls that looked like you and I making out. What would your reaction have been? I would say, oh, that's Matt. He's simple. He had every <laughs> memory he ever had kicked out of his head. No, I would I would be weirded would out. Be I would not want to be alone with you. I certainly yeah. wouldn't invite you over to my house right. for tea. Yeah. Um, I would probably have told your boss, mm-hmm. like, hey, keep this guy away from me. Keep an eye on him. There is something wrong with him. I'm not comfortable. I need an escort out to my car right. every day. Um, because you never know. Like, you know... Th- 
it, it's it is so dangerous. Like you don't yeah. understand. You don't understand. It's so dangerous being a woman. It really is because just knowing that any man could kill you at any time for no reason, <laughs> like it can literally happen all the time. I'm any never man. safe with you. Any man. Well, I'm safe with you. Hey, I'm I'm threatening. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I could kill you. I could kill you. I, I could murder a person. I could. Um, watch the the life leave their eyes jesus um but um, i'm a man hey um now i might really kill you um but uh uh yeah it's it's weird and also add to the fact that like in the movie he lives right across the street from her yeah it's like it's creepy. Yeah. Um. I was also gonna say something else, but I don't know if I want to say it. I'll, I'll cut it out if you want me to. But I'm gonna say it. But like, also, what if I went up to your desk and gave you map quest directions <laughs> to my to where I live? Which is something that a guy did yes. because someone I know <laughs> gave him my address. This was a guy who was 20 years older than Probably. me. Um. Yeah. And someone who was definitely abusing steroids mm-hmm. so not emotionally stable right um and he had a thing for me mm. at work and a mutual contact who is not mad it sounds like i'm i'm no, no, no. sidestepping around it oh, being yeah, you yeah, yeah. It wasn't it, it, me. i know it wasn't you i know yeah. who it was i just don't right. want to say who it was right um gave him my phone number and my address and he your phone he number too, pr- wow. yes cuz he texted me for a long time oh god i know and Ugh. i and i lived in constant fear that he mm-hmm. would show up at my door Jeez. because he knew where i lived and uh he huh. he printed out map quest directions for me from <laughs> my house like- to his because he wanted me to come over that weekend and hang out with him and have dinner yeah to have to watch movies and uh Eat pizza, grill out I think. or something oh, Something. Was something like it was that like grilling but, out or something um yeah. so yeah that's what it's like being a woman yeah in here i just invited you to movies at midnight um so yeah that's totally yeah. not crazy yeah um, anyway uh so yeah so uh, then i would i would you know i <laughs> i should have kicked every memory he had out of his head <laughs> get you had a oh, crush on God. me <laughs> jesus yeah oh yeah Good times. Hmm. Uh, that guy. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, other non-spoiler stuff. The special effects were cool. Yeah, I, I yeah. liked the way that, like, the action occurred. Because um, it was very, like, I mean, well, for a PG-13 movie, it was... Was I, it PG-13? I think so. Because it was... Because uh, they said... They definitely said, God damn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, shit. Yeah. But they, um, they did, uh, he said, PG- she said, are you shitting me at one point? Yeah, it was PG-13. And it's funny because you pointed this out because I don't pay attention. Yeah, at the very opening of the movie. Yeah, his like call sign or whatever. He's in a plane. Is, is, is Foxtrot, yeah. Uniform, Charlie, Kilo, Kilo which spells yeah. out fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I turned to you and I said, his name is fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? No, it's Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was, a, that was kind of a cool way to get around the sensor, I yeah. guess. But, um... Yeah, and there there are so many problems with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably just dive into spoilers. Although I will say before we do that, um, there there's like this element to the dolls. Like it's clearly his escape, his um, his therapeutic expression of art and everything. 
but there's like this nefarious doll that's involved mm-hmm. with it. it. It at times, yeah, it doesn't go like full like demonic possession or anything like that. But it's like clearly like this is a malevolent force within Marwin, and I feel like the movie didn't didn't really explain or or um, go into as much depth as it should have with Deja. The, yeah, with that character or with a lot of elements let's just go into spoilers okay uh so i'm gonna play a clip from the trailer and we're gonna go into spoilers for welcome to marwin if you don't want to be spoiled check the show notes at obsessiveviewer.com slash ov263 or in the uh show notes section of your podcast app and skip to our next segment uh yeah uh so we're gonna go into spoilers right now I got beaten within an inch of my life for no reason. One foot in front of the other. You got it, Mark. Embrace the pain. But I've created a world where I can heal. What is all of this? Welcome to Marwin. It's my art installation. You're an artist? That's a complicated story. Well, tell me. You really want to know? Yes. They kicked every memory I ever had out of my head. Before we say anything, I have a purple heart that I got, and I have a question to ask. Yes, I'll take your purple heart and I'll sell it on eBay. Oh, okay, there you go. Um, Can we talk about that scene first? Yeah, That was the most problematic scene. When he proposed to Nicole after knowing her for maybe a week. Yeah, it had um, to have been like a week. So let's, let's timeline this out. Yes. Nicole moves in across the street. Mm-hmm. He spies on her as she's moving in. Yes, it is. Let, in, let's go real deep with this because I think that I can parse out when it takes place because Thursday was meatball day, I think. And but he's every day he said was meatball day, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, anyway. Well, every day was a meatball day, but, he, but every day he said that it was meatball day. Okay, yeah. So it's, so hard, think, to, it's hard to track. Yeah, so I think that the movie starts on like a Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. And but he say, definitely, the first time he goes to work is, is a meatball day. Right. Yeah. And the, um, I think the uh, sentencing was the week later, and then that one got postponed two weeks. Okay. So the first one was on, the first... Day, day in court was thir- was on was on the third. So the whole movie takes place in the span of three weeks. Three weeks, maybe three and a half weeks. So he meets Nicole. He doesn't meet Nicole. He sees Nicole. Yeah. And then, um, from, from spying on her through the window, yes. ascertains that her name is Nicole. Mm-hmm. She has some kind of boyfriend named mm-hmm. Kurt, who's a dick. Who's a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, he proceeds to buy a doll mm-hmm. that looks like her. Yeah. Uh, he seeks out a doll with her physical features. Yeah. Um, and, and puts her in Marwin. And mm. immediately, the, his doll and her doll strike up a romantic relationship. Yes. And in that span, he meets Nicole, and they strike up a friendship. Yeah, yeah. And one of the most problematic things about it for me is like he he recognizes that it's weird because when he first meets Nicole, he has the doll behind his back. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't hiding. want her to see yeah. that, oh, I've made a doll about you because yeah. that's weird. And probably yeah. women have said that's weird before. Right. Like and Wendy Roberta is also enabling it because she's introducing him. Yeah. Roberta's like, like his yeah. closest friend. Yeah. She comes over. She checks on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. He shows her the pictures mm. of the dolls making out. Yeah. And even there's a scene with Roberta where she comes, she shows mm. up and he's in the middle of, of, uh, photographing. Right. And 
there's a doll of her in Marwin mm-hmm. and her shirt is off and she's yeah. like, Hey, what happened to my blouse? And he's like, Nazis ripped it off. Yeah. And she's like, again, like, again. Yeah. And it's like, and, and like he makes all the dolls sleep in lingerie. Uh huh. And it's just, it's very unsettling. It if is. that was me, if, if, if someone that I knew mm-hmm. made a doll of me and made right. it naked sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Like, first of all, that's, that's, that's not okay. First of all, I'm not going to even make this joke, but uh, listeners, that's not a call for fan art or anything. But I was going to say, like, you even sa- shared on the podcast, like, you had an, an incident in middle school where a kid was drawing pictures of you naked. Yeah. Um, and he, that ended up having to have a restraining order. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of an expert on yeah. <laughs> creepy and men. I will say... That I was kind of proud of my joke that I had when we left because I was like, okay, so I definitely should not show you Matt Key, um, <laughs> my art installation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, in, in like even before the tea party scene and the proposal scene, there's that scene where, uh, Nicole is in Marwin and she's looking at everything. She looks in the church and like he's being tortured and she's like, first of all, that's kind of, I mean, it's his therapy and everything that's fine, but it's also like it's an unsettling thing to see. Yeah, you like, get that. Well, yeah. She, and like she even gasps and everything, yeah. and then she's like, "So what's going on here?" And then he's like, "Well, it's a complicated story," and he tells her the story that has like her saving him and everything, and like that's fine, but it's also like, dude, you just met, like. <laughs> That's well, kind of weird. What about the scene when after she finds out that he mm-hmm. enjoys wearing women's shoes, right. she brings him over a bag of her old mm-hmm. shoes. Of, uh, apparently they were the same size. Right. Um, and um, <laughs> she sees the dolls. Now, mm-hmm. the doll of Nicole and the doll of, of Hoagie are, are clearly making they're ma- She's like, oh, were they kissing? And, yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And, and then, and then find, he finds out that one of the pairs of the shoes that – she gave him is a pair of stilettos and he loves stilettos. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, kn- I knew, he's like, can I just say, from the moment I saw you, I knew you were a stiletto woman. That's why I yeah. put them on you. And she's like, you put them on the doll, you mean? And he's like, right. what? And she's like, that's why you put stilettos on the doll. And she's like, putting a very clear barrier there yeah. that like this, like, yeah, th- Nicole is not me. Exactly. Like, I, like, I'm not. Exactly. And, and he totally, disregards that yeah. the fact that he disregards it should have been like a plot point to be like hey we need to like actually get him help because he's disappearing into this world yeah. that is not yeah like it's well it also should presented. have been like i don't know if i was nicole i would be like okay enough you yeah. know i'll be friendly to him but i'm not going to let's say invite him into my house which right. she does immediately yeah. after yeah and guess what happens he proposes he does and it's in a Completely cringy way. Yes, it is. In it, uh, to the movie's credit, even though it is completely tone deaf and everything, like that scene was well done because it's like it's a static shot from like the like the back of the room pointed right at them on the couch, and he gets down on one knee. He has the purple heart. Yeah, it's it's a purple heart that he bought yeah. at a hobby store. Yeah, which why would they have like that? That would have yeah. gone to a pawn shop it was if like anything. A pawn shop. Yeah, um, and also like. Like okay, so to back up a little bit, he buys this this uh this small purple heart for Marwin for the town of Marwin for Kogi, mm-hmm. which Hoagie then you the in then in Marwin to, to propose to the yeah. Nicole doll. And I can't remember, did he tell Roberta that that was his plan? No, he did no. not. Okay, but he, she 
the, is, when he's telling the story, he's telling it to Nicole and showing her right. the photographs. And then he proposes in the exact same way, right. thinking it's going to go the exact well, same way as it did in Marwin. Well, that's the thing. Why did Roberta, like, show him the real Purple Heart? Well, she... she like, like, why? Like, I don't know what the point of that was. I think she... Well, because he's... He obviously is a collector of World War II mm-hmm. memorabilia because he has the outfit and he has the hat yeah. and everything. So she's probably like, he'll, he'll love this, you yeah. know? He'll love this and he'll wear it and, yeah. and he'll think it's amazing, you know? Right. Which um, that's also that would also be fucking weird. I agree, but it's yeah. also fucking weird that right. someone's family sold, you know, yeah. their deceased relative's purple right. heart. Presumably. Yeah. But um, um I, but I, let's talk about the proposal. <sighs> it's yeah, so cringy. He gets down on one knee and he's got the purple heart in a case and he opens mm-hmm. it like a ring box. Yeah. And she does her best to let him. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm so sorry if I misled you mm-hmm. with my intentions, but we are and friends. That, We're yeah. friends. And I want to have a friendship mm-hmm. with you. And he does not move. Yeah. He doesn't react. She it's, even gets up and leaves mm-hmm. and he, he does, he just, he waits a while before yeah. he even moves. And then, and, and then runs out before yeah. she comes back. And, and just to kind of draw a comparison from this movie to another movie that we saw this year and we reviewed on the podcast, uh, it reminds me of something that you said when we reviewed eighth grade, not to go into spoilers about eighth grade, but like, I remember specifically on the podcast, you saying that like, when, like you have memories of like a guy of guys making like an advance on earth, like, like making a pass at you or something. And then you just being, um, just on pure reflex apologizing. Yeah. Because that's what women are conditioned to do. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. Well, Cause otherwise they'll murder you. You don't know. And sometimes they still will. It doesn't matter. Um, but like, but yeah, that's, that's just, that's, she hasn't done anything wrong. Why is, why, why is she she apologizing? Says, uh, I'm sorry. So many times. And it's Mm -hmm. like, like it's endearing because like she's being compassionate to him, but it's also like he's the one who has misunderstood he, the situation. Yeah. He's the one who should apologize to her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he doesn't. And he doesn't respond at all. He even leaves. Like, yeah. When and then back. and then the dolls continue their romance. Well, first, yeah. first he tragically and brutally mm-hmm. murders the Nicole doll after she has rejected that's him. That's right. Which was also one thing that I was like, that's super fucked up. Yeah. That's horrifying. Oh, yeah. That he immediately went back and murdered the Nicole doll. Mm-hmm. And and then and then Hoagie tries to save her life. Right. And he's the hero and everything. And then he puts the magic stilettos on her, and she comes back to life right. or whatever. But but then they continue Ugh. their romance. They yeah. like it, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. And he even like, changes the name of Marwin to yeah. Marwin Cole. Which let's uh, we'll get into the whole Marwin and Mark and Wendy things. Mm. I want to touch on that. Oh yeah, but. I like when I was doing my search about uh, Mark Hogan camp and if he was in the military, I just came across that the actual Marwin call that that is like that was the basis of the documentary and is the inspiration for this movie um, was named after Mark, Wendy and Colleen. And I kind of wonder if and I have no basis for this, I'll have to do research on this and get back on another episode. But I kind of wonder if. Did they like approach Colleen and be like, hey, can we use like, you know, your name and everything? And but she's like, no, this guy's fucked up. Like, we can't. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, one thing that and I, I hate to assume the worst about people or anything. Yeah. And uh, what this man has been through was obviously very right. tragic and traumatic. But yeah. I wonder, like, we were taught we were discussing the movie immediately after we saw it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you think they would have cut out some of that problematic yeah. stuff to make oh, him, yeah. you know, make a movie about him, make right. him look like a really good guy. Exactly. And we're like, what if they did cut out a bunch mm-hmm. of really bad stuff? And this is what was left. Like, like. 
what did yeah. what you know i i made the joke about like yeah they cut out the bit about him breaking into nicole's apartment right. or breaking into her house in the middle of the night and standing yeah. over her and breathing and yeah you know like what if he really yeah like what if he made <laughs> well this is a callback to another episode but what if he made a what if he made a tumbler that was sleepy yeah sleepy nicole? <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so wendy let's talk about wendy for a second yeah because there's nothing in the movie like about her yeah. it's just she's the woman that finds she's the waitress that finds him and after the, the after night he the had beating. been beaten yeah. he'd been attacked she she worked at that bar and she found him and and yeah. saved his life and yeah. and he presumably became obsessed with her that's what's implied in it yeah she was she was a character in marwin mm-hmm. he even named he said that right. marwin was for mark and wendy yeah that you know and and th- there are scenes that show that hoagie and wendy got married in marwin right and and i'm and they they say that she moved to what california california yeah i'm assuming that he freaked her out so much that she had to move that's that's what i'm assuming he even kept wendy's doll in Mm -hmm. a box that said rip r.i.p yeah Yeah, he had several others in there too but like when they died in marwin Mm -hmm. so so i'm assuming that after wendy rejected him Mm -hmm. got freaked out moved away he brutally killed her off right in marwin well and it's like what's weird is that like the movie doesn't communicate enough at all because you and I made the same assumption that we thought that he was married to Wendy and then they got Yeah, divorced. well cuz they, they showed they in his scrapbook, scrapbook that he yeah. had a wife at one point. Yeah, and it says like what well, I was married? Oh yeah, I was married and like the notes that says oh yeah, I was married was Because every decree. memory he ever had was kicked out of his head. Yeah, exactly. So, um um <laughs> tagline of the movie. Yeah, but now now we know that we know that whoever his wife was didn't leave him because of the attack. Because when he came back from the hospital, he yeah. had all those shoes, and he asked his friend Larry, mm-hmm. "Do I have a girlfriend?" And Larry's oh, like, "No, right. those are yours." So, so I'm I'm assuming he was an alcoholic, and that mm-hmm. caused the fallout of his marriage. Yeah. You know, and she left before the attack. Right. But but we assumed whoever we assumed Wendy was his wife. Yeah. And she wasn't. She, she was wasn't. just she some was just a woman, woman who he was obsessed with. Yeah. And like. This movie, like, and Nicole just replaced her. So, exactly. And who's going to be next? I mean, yeah. And it's weird because I mean, I guess the movie ends on a note that seems like he's healed of that, even though it's not. It like because he's like asking Roberta to get sushi and everything, and like that's supposed to. I got like a romantic mm. kind of. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think that, that was yeah. the intention, but the intention. I was. But, I worried for Roberta's life, to yeah. be honest. It's like. And I get like, okay, yes, he has moved on. Like, that's the point of the movie. And I get that sentiment, but I don't get the journey. Like, Mm -hmm. I, because the entire movie up until that point doesn't earn that redemption or that, that change of the character. Because it it was just so hard to be sympathetic for him because the whole time I was like, I know guys like you and I do not like them. Exactly. The movie as a whole, it should have been a completely different genre. Like, this was a suspense thriller about a crazy guy and i feel it was just told from the wrong yeah, perspective exactly. that's all it is exactly and it's weird it's it's funny because i'll, I'll make this comparison because i saw green book and i i talked to you about it and i talked about it on the podcast yeah. but green book is kind of the inverse of that in that green book is this movie that's about uh basically cre- like telling telling the story of this racist guy who becomes not racist um magic do- yeah yeah and it does it by just basically like in the most sugar-coated way, like Viggo Mortensen's character is very much like 
like it's written by the movie is co-written by the character the real life guy's son so like they're clearly, so of course he's gonna yeah. be the good guy in the exactly. movie and he's gonna have a big redemption yeah and-, and like this on the other hand is a movie that's about a real person but it's like they don't have the awareness or self-awareness to to really know that it's like they're not painting him in a good light yeah and Let's talk about the porn scene also. Oh god, yeah. Okay, so, so he yeah. did he was a masturbating, mm-hmm. but they did show a scene where he was watching porn and you yes. find out that one of the dolls in Marwin is based off of his favorite actress right. who is an actress from the porn that he likes to right. watch. It and they, like Susan St. James or something they, like that. They didn't need to do that. They I really didn't. And, and like, then he has, he has a conversation, conversation with Nicole about yes. it. And he's like, yeah, she's my favorite actress from Backdoor Babes. Yeah. The Backdoor Babes series or something like that. Like very clearly the title of a porn. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And, and he's he like, it's great. It. Like he doesn't have the social skills or the self-awareness which is which is weird because sometimes yeah. he does he seems yeah. very self-aware at times and there right. are other like they he couldn't the, they couldn't decide the if they wanted to give him some kind of mental exactly di- like disability or anything yeah and like that scene is played for last but it's also like okay there's this guy who is creepily like staring at this woman and stalking this woman yeah. you know in certain terms and now he's telling her about the porn that he watches yeah it's like it's there's such a disconnect like with him as a character, like you can't, like he's not a sympathetic character. He's not, it. and it's like the movie doesn't even really try. Can we talk about the court scene where he? Okay, so he his lawyer has mm-hmm. written him a letter. Yes, that he wants him to recite mm-hmm. um, at at the sentencing right. because they want these guys to get like the maximum sentence. Right. And they're like showing how pathetic you are now is going to definitely you know uh get them a harsh right. sentence so he goes and he's reading this letter that his lawyer has written for him and then mm-hmm. he like puts the letter down and he and then he speaks his own truth thoughts right. and, and and as he does they pan over to the four or five guys five, who attack think, them yeah. and all but one like the leader guy mm-hmm. who is like the 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 leader of this gang or yeah. whatever the others are sobbing yeah. and i'm like please shut the fuck up yeah. okay also, i these, do not buy this and these characters have no arc in the movie at all like, oh no 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 like, they're, they're all they're, they're seen they're, in news yeah. footage because it, there's yeah. one scene where where it, it's it's playing let's talk about that there, like, there that was, was so big... much coverage of of this attack <laughs> right. first of all he has so many news clippings how many newspapers was yeah. like, i'm assuming he lives in a small town everyone so, knows him new york i don't know how but but he walks he's able to walk everywhere Mm -hmm. you know everyone knows him and makes exceptions for him right um because he's simple and he had every memory he ever had kicked out of his head um but but but, uh there's the scene not to get away from the courtroom scene but like there's the scene where he's at the hobby shop with Roberta and like, this was, this is just something that just sticks in my craw so much. It's like, it's a con- a contrivance mm-hmm. and just really shoddy storytelling that he is talking to Roberta and then and the TV she, is playing in the background the at the shop. The, yeah. It's playing the news. And like, she shows him like this SS figurine, um, that happens to have the same name as, as Nicole's, uh, Boy- stalker boyfriend. Kurt. She sure knows how to pick him. But yeah, um, right. But he, uh, like it triggers him and like he slams his fist down and it hits the remote 
turns the volume up on the on the TV, and they realize them. it's a news report exactly. uh, that's that's reporting on the upcoming sentencing yeah. of his case. And not only that, he knocks the remote off the counter. The batteries pop out. So so Roberta, so Roberta scrambles yeah. to turn the volume down or turn off the TV. Yeah. and he's having like a PTSD episode. Right. And and but, just, but the, the batteries yeah. have come out and she it can't get it. It was like a terrible it. infomercial. Like, oh, like, yeah. uh, what's like... Uh, there's oh, got to be a better no. way. Yeah, exactly. But it was just like it's the just perfect so, storm. You yeah, know? it's so contrived and just yeah. silly and everything. And it's supposed to be a serious moment. Um, And just, yeah, I just... Oh, so many things yeah. about this movie just rubbed me the wrong yeah. way. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you caught yeah. that. You caught that the bad guys were all Nazis and Marwin, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were all sobbing, right. and I was like, "Please yeah. spare me." They would not, right? And also, like, it wasn't even that emotional of of a statement that he made. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, I expected something much more for all the buildup, right. and and it was just mm-hmm. like, Meh. see, okay, there is a thing in movies that I I've referenced this before on the podcast recently, even. Like, there are certain movies that are dramatic or comedic in nature um, that, like, one of my favorite things is what I what I refer to as the quote-unquote surprise courtroom drama, mm. where three-fourths of the movie is, like, standard comedy drama or whatever, but the last act takes place in a courtroom because that's the height of drama, mm. and, like, it has a character doing an, doing an emotional monologue. Yeah. Well, to wrap up the movie. And even as a fan of the surprise courtroom drama, I hated it in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And one more thing. They conveniently... So so the mm-hmm. first courtroom scene, he has a PTSD flashback when he yes. sees the guy's face. Yes. The, the guy yes. who attacked him. Mm-hmm. And so he, he leaves and... Mm-hmm. His lawyer asks for a 20 minute recess yeah. and the asshole of a judge is like, I'll do you one better. You one better. Rescheduled for two weeks conveniently yeah. on the date of on his date art of the... installation opening. Which like that, like that lining up like that wasn't even a point, like didn't even become a point of drama or anything. Like, yeah, wasn't because they're conflict. at different times. Yeah. I think the whole time I'm thinking he's going to have to choose one yeah. or the other. You know, oh, yeah. he's going to have to like, do I go to my art opening or do I, right. do I go to the courtroom and, like, and do I make the sure these guys of go away? Rescheduling but, it. And Making but a point to show the, us that it's rescheduled. But the court thing is in the morning and right? the art thing is at night. And yeah. so it's not an issue at all. Not but even at Roberta, all. like she like she left that voicemail. I didn't yeah. realize the timing when, when the judge rescheduled. I, but then I Roberta helpfully yeah. says, Wow, I can't believe they scheduled yeah. the the sentencing on the same day as the art opening. Yeah. What are the odds, huh? Right. And so so then I'm like, Oh, thank you, Roberta. That was yeah. very helpful. And but also, also I'm like, the, oh no, drama. like finally but it's not (laughs) and like even the ease with which they did that like the 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 judge just without even a second stop was like i'll do you one better instead of doing the 20 minutes let's just reschedule for two weeks from now Yeah, didn't check anybody's schedule didn't check any schedules or anything like he was gonna like 20 minutes hey yeah yeah he's like he's like give me 20 minutes and i'll bring him i'll I'll come back and we'll we'll see if we can try again like what is so hard about that right you have to be a dick dude yeah Good God! I will say that the that the courtroom scene, the first courtroom scene, was fairly well done yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Like the action that breaks out in his imagination, and then it cuts to just him leaving, We're just um, running. Yeah, that was away. that was that was effective, and I liked those little interludes in the movie. But God damn, I did not like the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, it was just it was 
it was a movie that just did not know what it wanted to be or yeah. didn't know what it should be. And it makes me curious to see the documentary Marwin Call because I want to get context for what the fuck I just saw. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm done. Yeah, I'm I just done. Burped a little bit. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. On a on a scale of five stars, what would you rate this? Oh, movie? I'd give it two stars. Yeah, I mean, and I Same feel like here. that's generous. It, it's because yeah. the performances were okay. Mm-hmm. I mean. For, for what they were given, it was, you know, yeah. Steve Carell was good, and, mm-hmm. but I, and the animation, the, some of the scenes were very yeah. well animated. That's but the only reason why I would I give it I do not want to see it again. Yeah, same, same here. Uh, so will it be on your top ten list that I'm going to force you to make? Mm. That's a tough one, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, oh man, I forgot, I was going to tell you about this. Um... Okay, yeah. Ah, oh, crap. Eh, anyway. Um, oh my god, just make a decision. I man. know. I, okay, so that's our review of Welcome to Marwin. Um, before we get into our little mini review of Bohemian Rhapsody and everything, I do want to share with you a story because I told you to remind me to tell you a story. And I said I will if I don't yeah. forget. And, and I you did me, forget. I forgot. So one of... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak in broad generalizations about the listeners of this podcast. They love... There's not a single listener of this podcast who does not adore when I bring up a shitty theater experience story. Um, they love it when you suffer. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, uh, one of our I pa- know I do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of our Patreon uh, subscribers, uh, Robert, he is... Uh, he gave he gave a recommendation for me and Mike to review a movie called Martyrs, and it's apparently like this very like deeply troubling like horror movie that like he was like very emotionally affected by. Okay, and so that and then Tony has requested that me and Tiny review Heartbeeps, which is apparently like one of the worst movies ever made. What's it called? Heartbeeps. 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 Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make Beeps. sure I heard that yeah. correctly. Are you trying to like okay. I yeah, thought yeah. I thought I thought you said heartbeats. Okay. But it sounded like you said heartbeeps and right. it definitely should be called heartbeats and not heartbeeps. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like yeah, yeah, yeah. Heartbeeps heart is definitely yeah. funnier. Right. It's called Heartbeeps <laughs> and it's apparently one of the worst movies ever. Great. So like I just love that like our listeners are, you know, making me suffer in their own unique ways. But anyway, so, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I have AMC A-list. I talk about it a lot. What? Uh, yeah, AMC What is this? I've it's never... Ama- well, huh? they don't pay us, so fuck them. Um, <laughs> but, well, they certainly won't now. No. But, uh, so yeah, so I, like, uh, we've talked before, like, I like to go see movies all the time. There are certain movies that I know that you're not going to want to see, so I went and saw Mortal Engines. Yeah. Um, Was not on my list. No. Yeah. It's not a good movie. I didn't um, think it would be. Yeah, it's uh, uh it's not as uh, It's like know. young adult steampunk. It, exactly. Young adult steampunk like the narrative like it's like none of the characters I could give couldn't give two shits to any of them. Um just not a good movie. But and and also it bombed at the box office and I saw this like the Tuesday after it opened. So I get there and there is one other guy in the theater. 
Oh, yeah. And you're sitting right next to no, each no, no, other. No, no. Oh, okay. No. So he's sitting like three rows ahead of me. I'm sitting in my preferred seat, like right dead center of the screen, kind of high up, not the back row, but but like a couple rows down from the back. And so the trailers are starting, and I'm like, okay, cool. This is good. It's just gonna be me and this guy. Um, and it's it's gonna be good. Um, so the trailers are going. We're like a few mo- few trailers in. And then I see these two women come in. One, one was kind of older. The other, I think was, she was either in her twenties or she was like a, like teenager. Okay. And so they're walking up the steps and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of annoying if they were like, they, if they sat right next to me because it's all reserved seating. Then I hear, I was in H7. Then I hear the older woman say, it's H5 and H6. Uh. And so I'm like, in my head, I'm like, are you, f- are you kidding me right now? Like, literally. Why would you deliberately yeah, choose exactly. two seats next to one of the only other yeah. two seats taken? There are two occupied seats in this theater, and you chose two seats that are right next to each other. And it wasn't like it was one of those, like, really tiny theaters. It was still, like, a medium-sized yeah. auditorium. So, like, the girl, teenage girl, I'm presuming that she was a teenager, um, sits like, like, like sits right next to me and she's like, sorry. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're fine. So I'm like sitting there and like, at like 10 minutes into the movie, I'm like sitting there thinking like, should I move? Cause this is weird. Um, I like my personal space. Also they're fucking, she like, well, she starts messing around on her phone a little bit. During the movie? During the movie. Oh, I hate that. Me too. <laughs> And so eventually, like, why would 10, you pay to go see a movie I know. if you're just gonna sit there on your phone? I know. Oh yes. Okay, we are gonna we're gonna discuss this. But anyway, I like uh, how you're like minor segue. Yes, but. <laughs> minor segue. Actual subject of the podcast. <laughs> but um, fortunately, like ten minutes into the movie, um, she switches seats, so she sits like farther down the aisle, and. Uh, her, I'm presuming her, her, uh, grandmother or aunt, I don't think she was her mother, gets up and sits like, like right next to her. So they're down, they're out, like they're down, down the aisle. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. Um, so I'm watching the movie. The movie's not good. I'm getting distracted because they're talking, like they're having conversations. Mm. And then, like, like you and I will, will, talk during a movie and but it's like oh his name is fuck exactly they're like talking about like their lives and they're having conversations like they're at a bar yeah and uh four times within quick succession of one another uh the younger of the two sets off the flash on her phone like full bright flash like four times in the span of like maybe 45 seconds (laughs) and then Throughout the movie, she's getting up, walking, walking down, walking out of the theater, leaving for like 10 minutes. And then the, the older of the two would get up and like, like she's, like she's old enough that it seems like she's painfully getting up, having to walk down the steps, go out. And then they both come back in. And then the younger one would go out again and then come back in. Like at one point she says like, Oh, so-and-so says hi or something. So I'm like, I'm thinking maybe she knows someone that works at the theater. Or and she's going out and taking a phone call or something. Maybe. Yeah. And so like, she's, so then at one point she, the younger of the two leaves and then the older of the two, uh, her phone rings. She actually answers the telephone. Oh my God. She has a conversation. Granted, it's like a 15, 20 second conversation, but, 
just the obliviousness of this. I'm yeah. like, even if there are only two other people here, like, I still, still paid for my yeah, ticket. Like, still, like, let me enjoy this bad here. movie. And like, and that's the thing. So, like, I kept thinking, and like, I kind of started wondering, and like, what does what compels a person to do this? Mm. And like, it was clear, like, maybe they, it's just it's that bad of a movie. Well, I don't think that's it, <laughs> um, because they wouldn't fucking know because they like, they didn't see it. They didn't see they. I would I would guess that they probably only watched maybe. Uh, I would say maybe 20 to 25% of the movie. Um, and that's being generous. Um, but I kept thinking like, okay, cause when they first sat down, like as the trailers were going, um, the younger of them was like, was like, Oh, that's weird. Why aren't the lights down? And then, um, and then, uh, uh, I thought there was something else, but I can't remember. But anyway, um, and also, Oh, the fact that they, picked seats right next to me yeah um it's like it's so weird but it's also it's clear that like okay these two people clearly they don't go to the movies as Mm -hmm. frequently as we do like this is maybe i'm i'm guessing probably like the first time in like a while that they've been in the in the movie theater but still like the fact that like if you're gonna go see a movie like even if you don't go that often like it should still be like a re like did they just go to the movies and just randomly pick a movie and then sit down and just use that as a social environment? You know when it's even worse is during mm. a live theater performance. Oh yes, I can imagine. I've, I mean, I've. Have you ever had like something like that? Oh yeah, I've been on stage. Phones nice. go off all the time, and mm-hmm. it is distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you know, sometimes you don't even hear it. But like the thing is, when you answer, when you get on your phone, mm-hmm. it lights up your face. Yes, the whole like. The, the audience area is dark. Right. I can fucking see yeah. you perfectly. Yep. Like, y- you think because it's dark <laughs> I can't see you? It lights up your face. But I, I was at yeah. a show. I wasn't in a, in the okay. show, but I was at a show. Mm-hmm. It was a show at UND, my, mm-hmm. my alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was a dinner theater mm-hmm. last year. So about this time last year. Um and uh, uh, toward the beginning of the show, maybe about 10 or 15 minutes in, a, f- a phone went off. It was a loud okay. ringtone. And the actors, you know, they keep going, you know. It wasn't like a donkey noise. Um, it was not a donkey <laughs> noise. Come on. It wasn't a wedding, okay? Right. <laughs> um, and it's this old woman, and she answers it. And, sh- and she's, like, not bothering to quiet oh, her voice God. at all. She's, like, full volume. Mm-hmm. Hello? Oh, well, God. I'm right here. Can you see me? You told I'll me about stand this. up and wave. And, and her husband was somewhere in the theater looking for her. And then, like, oh, everyone great. finds him when he's talking just as loudly on his phone. People are shushing him, and he's like, don't shush me. And he's like this old-ass dude. Like, what are you going to do? It, it, it's infer- cause it, 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 They couldn't find each other. It right. went on for a long time. God. It's so frustrating. I, yeah. Like, like, it's worse because because I'm an actual person up here. Right. I can actually see yeah. you. At least that those are actors in a movie. They don't right. know that you're actually doing that. You're just well, you're just disrupting yeah. the audience. But here you're disrupting the audience and mm. the people who are actually acting. And what kills me is like when they open their phone or where they look at their phone and we see the back the backlight and everything. It's not like they even have the decency to turn the dimmer all oh, the way yeah. down. It's like full like brightness. Yeah, like it I always had, is. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I've had many a fantasy of just going up and grabbing a phone out of someone's hand and just chucking it at don't the screen. Don't you wish you could just do that? I really do. Yeah. But the other thing that I don't get that that infuriates me is the idea of 
someone being shushed or being corrected in a situation like that and then like not like not being able to process that like not like using that as like immediate like oh, you said maybe like, being I'm defensive. being an asshole maybe yeah, I sh- yeah I, like, I, being I, like don't shush me like yeah. what like that's exactly like, about, like when you're driving yeah. and like someone cuts you off or like or something yeah. like that and you honk at them and mm-hmm. then they flip you off yeah. like it's like the, like you are wrong here and I know that we always reference John Mulaney but it's like the <laughs> it's like I hear you I agree <laughs> I also don't want to be doing yes. what I'm doing right now and I wish I would stop. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just I just don't get yeah. the obliviousness of it. But like while these two women were doing this were were subjecting me to this this ordeal. Wow. Um, I am yeah. sorry for the trauma I, that you have I suffered. I know. Yeah. But did you have every memory you ever I, had kicked out of your head? <laughs> Maybe I, then they'll make a movie about that. That made me want to have that happen. <laughs> I wanted the memory of that right. movie going experience honestly i will say that they weren't as distracting as like other experiences i've had Mm. um but like the movie was so dull and uninteresting to me and just bad that i started like my mind started to wander a little bit and think like what like what are other like aside from movie theaters and like theater like what are other like v- like events like that that require that m- like that the uh, um uh that the expectation is that people are quiet and not disruptive cuz like if you Probably. go to a concert like you can sit there and talk to your yeah. friend during the concert if you go to like a sporting event you can have like it was like they were at like a concert or sporting event yeah. it's like that's just what they were that's how they act in those kinds of situations but like why can't people understand that a movie theater is different um i think that like now this was in relation to theater but it was an article that mm. i read at some point when i was in college where okay. how people are so desensitized to public viewings of stuff like that like oh yeah because you're so used to watching a movie or something Mm -hmm. on your couch at home and you can pull out your phone and whatever and you're kind of half paying attention it doesn't matter you can carry on a conversation Mm -hmm. and so when you get in a public setting like a movie theater or or a a theater house Mm -hmm. you don't know how to behave because you're you've been conditioned to entertainment time is my time and i can do whatever i want and and some people cannot break themselves of that Mm -hmm. That's really They've interesting. They've been so habitualized. Yeah. So. And like I'm I'm somewhat guilty of that myself a little bit but with caveats. So like I will take out my phone and look at it if I'm at a movie theater on like a couple of conditions. One, I'm in the back row. No one can like not even like with the way that the stadium seating is at the AMC's we go to, it's like the the uh um railing like like I'm not, I don't have a visual, like, there's no line of sight between me and the people in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sitting there, like, messing around on my phone and everything. I'm, like, looking at the time to try to gauge how much time I have left in a movie. Okay, yeah. Or, like, when I saw the old man in, in, in the gun earlier this year, I was, uh, in the back row and I just, I looked up, uh, like, the runtime or something like that. But, like, if I'm in the back row and someone else is in that row, the phone is gone. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have a thing on my phone where it, um, it, well, like yours, it, it's a display that shows the time and everything. Yeah, so you don't have to like activate it yeah, or anything. Exactly. So, like, I'll what I'll do is if I'm like, because when I get a ticket, I'll add it to my calendar from the AMC app, and it'll show like the end time of it. So, like, I'll like have my phone like on like either 
the the seat next to me or in my lap with the face down. And what I'll do is I'll like flip it over, wait for the display to come up and I'll kind of like look at it discreetly. And so like, I'm not disrupting anything. I go to great lengths to yeah. not disrupt it's people's It's just common experience. courtesy. Yeah. I like how you said this was going to be a minor segue. I know. And here it's been like 20 minutes. Yeah. So Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Uh, we saw it in, how's it sat with you? Cause we saw it a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rami Malik, the whole cast was great. Yeah. Um, Rami Malik was, was, he, he gave a wonderful performance. Mm-hmm. Um, as Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was good. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I, uh, my, <laughs> my opinion of it has, has wavered a little bit okay. since we saw it. Like I thought it was perfectly, perfectly adequate. Um, the musical performances, the music performances in it, like, which obviously Rami Malik didn't do the vocal work. Yeah. Th- yeah. I saw someone yeah. posted online something about like, Rami Malik isn't even singing in the movie. He's just lip syncing. He's, that's barely acting. Like, yeah. What is he supposed to do? Right. Compete with the greatest vocalist of all time? Exactly. Is that what you want him exactly. to do? They didn't even let Jennifer Lopez sing in Selena and she is right. a singer. Right. She's known for that's singing. That's a really good point. And they didn't even let her sing in that. Yeah. Which, small tangent, I think Selena, like, they're making, like, a Selena, like, Yeah, TV like, on Netflix or something. Or something. Yeah. But anyway, um, wh- like, uh, like, the movie was fine, but, like, I, uh, shout out to friends of the show, Pat and Tyler over at the Nerds You're Looking For podcast. They did a review of it in which And they, they changed your mind. Well, sort of. Like, they put, they put it into more context for me because they talked about some of the some of the discrepancies between real life and the Mm. movie. And like, there are some like, like uh, there's a big point in the movie where the band breaks up and then they like, they have to come to a, uh, an understanding that they'll need to get back together for live aid. And that's one more performance. Yeah. Um, in real life, they were still touring. (laughs) Um, Freddie Mercury didn't even have his AIDS diagnosis until after live aid. Mm. Um, so like they completely like, fabricated like, okay well okay i i get that they took artistic liberties yeah with with the some of the plot points mm-hmm. but how does that change your opinion of the movie it just makes me feel like there was oh and apparently there was uh um the uh the negative kind of like the fighting between the between the band members wasn't really that truthful um i guess some of the surviving band members were like producers on the movie and like they purposely like it it felt like they were making themselves in a good light rather than you know being truthful but in it i guess it doesn't necessarily make me dislike the movie it just makes it feel like there's this uh artistic license to it but it also feels disingenuous like well, they're but, creating okay. drama yes but that's every movie that's based on a true event because they have to make it cinematic and they have to make it, they have to right. create drama somehow. Mm-hmm. If the band is happy and working together the entire time, you have no drama. That's not an interesting story. Right. And that's from, that's from a purely story to like, as someone who has written mm-hmm. plays and who has taken playwriting classes. And that is not an interesting story dramatically. And that's fair. That is totally fair. But I have to wonder if there's a way to make a dramatic story out of it. Not without conflict. Yeah. Absolutely well, not. I, I, no. 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to say hard no. Okay. Without sure. any kind of conflict, but I mean, you cannot have an interesting story. But I mean, what, I wonder if there was any conflict in this, like in the story of Queen or the story of Freddie Mercury that could have been used in it rather than fabricating this kind of contrivance. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway. it, it doesn't change my opinion of the movie. I still think the movie was good. I will say it does not change how I felt about the Live Aid performance in the movie. It I was great. Phenomenal. Yeah. If you um, watch like the footage of the actual live yeah. performance, it was like shot for shot. It was like yeah. it was amazing they how how perfectly job. they nailed it. Yeah. yeah, and the movie did a really good job of just reminding me how uh uh how much how, how much Queen has yeah how much what, what a prolific music. band yeah. you know absolutely. Also, apparently the relationship that's in the movie that's him that he was engaged and everything and married uh. I don't think that was real (laughs) either, but, um, I know she was a real person Yeah, because they mentioned her at the end of the movie. Right. And I don't think, I think that they were like engaged briefly or something. I don't think it was as deep as a a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, there was something, Oh, (laughs) apparently I like, I didn't catch this, um, cameo or anything, but the truck driver that goes into the, the restroom in that Mm -hmm. one scene, that was, um, uh, Adam Lambert. Oh, the singer? Yeah. Oh. Who is touring with Queen. No. So I didn't yeah. catch that either. Yeah. So that's that was a fun an interesting nod. little thing. Um, but the movie, like I agree, Remy Malik did a fantastic Yeah, he completely job. transformed himself oh, physically, absolutely. you know, verbally. Mm-hmm. I you know, I'm sure it was very difficult. With like the the, the prosthetic yeah, teeth and everything. Yeah. Like, I like I was wondering that. Like, how can he like I was thinking like how can he how can you do that? Like, yeah. I don't understand. He, he really did. Like, he was unrecognizable that. as himself. Right. You know, and he yeah. really did become Freddie Mercury. It right. Was, it was, it was really, it was a very good performance. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think that maybe if I revisited, it might be better. But like, also another part is that it just felt a little bit formulaic to the music biopic genre. Like, sure. and it just, I, but I don't, I don't have know. a problem with that because that's what yeah. it was. Right. Right. That's it's what I expected. Sure. So I I, sure. I thought it was fun. I was entertained mm-hmm. the whole time. Would it rank on your top ten? Do you mm, think? Probably not. Okay. Um, nice. It probably would if I was a bigger fan of Queen. If I was sure. from like a generation of older than myself. Yeah. You know, um, if I had grown up with Queen. Because right. you're you know, actually 15 years old. I am 15 years old. Yes. I'm not a woman. I'm a yes. girl. You're a girl. Yes. I'm a girl. Um. um <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, I, I thought it was a good movie. I was entertained. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun to listen to all the songs. And yeah, I agree. That was, I mean, that was the highlight was listening mm-hmm. to all the music. And totally. Yep. Um, I'm not nearly as excited for the Elton John movie. I Rocket was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, there's a couple Elton John songs that I mm-hmm. like, but. Same here. Eh. And also. Now, I do like the more whimsical, like, mm-hmm. it's clearly not grounded in real. It's, yeah. it's based on a true fantasy, right. is, is, is what it says in the trailer. Yeah. Um, it looks like it could be entertaining, but mm-hmm. I'm not nearly as invested in Elton John as I Me am neither. in Queen. Like, I And I just said I'm not that invested right. in Queen. And what I don't get about it is it kind of seems weird that they're making what's presumably a music biopic of Elton John when Elton John's still alive. I'm like, sure he is, he, is he a producer or something probably. on it? Probably. And mean, like that makes it seem like it's very, uh, <laughs> it's very Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but it just seems like really just kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe it'll be amazing. I don't know. Um, Rock it, man. Yes. That's the William Shatner. <laughs> William <version>. Shatner. 
Um, Which one time I was yeah. I was at a bar um, mm. that played live music and they took mm. requests and I wrote that's awesome Rocket Man but the William Shatner version nice and they wouldn't play it God. and I was so upset it was all I wanted to hear I I requested it like five times <laughs> in one night and they wouldn't play it I was at a bar one night with my brother and a bunch of his friends because you don't have any friends of your own yeah well pretty much um. Yeah. But he, uh, uh, it was a, it was a piano bar. It was, um, what's the word? Howl the Moon. That's where I was. Oh, Howl. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I put in a request. I don't think I even put in, the, I was so drunk. I wrote out a request and didn't. It, it might still be in my wallet. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Let me, let me grab it. I'm going to grab it. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not going to grab it. Okay. It yeah. It basically said, like, please play, um, uh, <laughs> how did it go? Um, Please, please play, uh, bad, uh, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Uh, for my brother Ray, because he is a police officer. Wee, 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 wee. And then you never turned it in. And I never turned it in. And you're, the whole time you're probably like, why aren't they playing my right. song? Cause it's in your pocket. Exactly. Well, I, meanwhile, I mm-hmm. respectfully requested Rocket Man, the multiple William times. Shatner version, multiple times. And they didn't, they just would not play it. I'm like, wow. you guys just not like Rocket Man? Do you not like me? Oh, God. So that's our mini review of Bohemian Bohemian Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Yeah, you don't have to boo it, Matt. You don't have to be rude. <laughs> I didn't. Freddie Mercury's so, dead. What's wrong with you? RIP. Show some respect. So after seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, we came back here a couple weeks ago and we watched Blind Spotting. We did. Yes, and I was very excited for you to watch it because I felt like it's a movie that you would enjoy. Um, also, you being a fan of David Diggs, yeah, and, I do. I do like yeah. I do like hip hop, and yes, um, I'm, I'm I, I do like David Diggs. I, I I'm nice. a fan of his. He was in Hamilton, of course, mm-hmm. um, and also he is he has a, a career as a rap artist, right? Um, and one another, another rapper that I really like is mm-hmm. Watsky. Yes, and both David Diggs and um other the other guy Rafe something Rafi um, Rafi. Uh, Ravi, Ravioli, Ravioli, that's Ravioli. What um, yeah, I mean, you know, hip hip hop names are getting kind of tame. Ravioli, days. Ravioli, uh, Raphael Castle, hip hip hop, hip anyway. hop, hip. Good God, hooray! Um, they're they're featured on a Watsky song called uh uh. Uh, is it called Exquisite Corpse? Exquisite Corpse, thank yeah. you. I was like, Beautiful Corpse? That's not right. Right. Um, yeah, Exquisite Corpse with several other, uh, great rappers. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it's a great song. Um, but yeah, Watsky had, Watsky had a little cameo. Yeah. In Blind Spotting. He was the guy who worked at the vegan, mm-hmm. um, um uh, restaurant. Joint, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the, like, very beginning of yeah. the movie. Um, so yeah, so in, without spoiling it or anything, um, what'd you think of blind spotting in the movie? I'll read the plot description real quick, uh, courtesy of IMDB after I just, after I just took it out. Um, while on probation, a man begins to reevaluate his relationship with his volatile best friend, volatile, uh, best friend. Um, so yeah, uh, what'd you think of blind spotting? Uh, I really liked it. Um, yes. it was, uh. So real for mm-hmm. like today's political climate. Yeah. Um, we always talk politics. Um, right, right. But, uh, 
I just, I, I really honestly can't imagine how, as terrifying as it is being a woman, mm-hmm. like, being a black man today, you know, like, you have to, like, police yourself. Right. Constantly. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, just the, the PTSD that W. Diggs' character, mm-hmm. um, goes through mm-hmm. is just, it's very, like, <sighs> There's there's such a stigma, especially in the black community, against yeah. mental illness, mm-hmm. um, and and there's there's sort of a a suck it up mentality, right? From from what I understand, mm-hmm. um, and it was just it was great to see uh, a black man going through that and mm-hmm. you know working on it and trying to get better. Yeah, um, and uh, just the way that the movie demonstrated the tension of yeah. Of- who he is like him feeling him being tense being a a black man who is you know days away from being off of probation. yeah yeah and having to constantly live on edge yes and like there are moments in the movie where i was like like i was clenching my buttocks yeah. <laughs> so hard um because i was so certain the movie was gonna yeah. lead to a certain oh god thing. i was so, i was real. I, I was so worried yeah. oh, i was yeah. Um, David Diggs, I think, did such a great job yeah. at performing in this movie. Like, he has this quality to him that is so, um, I don't know how exactly to describe it, but kind of like laid back. He's but, just very relatable. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. he kind of feels like an everyman. Exactly. You know? He, like, he has this kind of calmness to his tone, but like the content of what he's saying is like, like he, like, He'll be at, like the opening scene, like he's in a car, he's three days away from being in, yeah. uh, off probation, and like there are six guns in the car. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I that, need to get the fuck out of this. Very and, funny. Yeah, he was yeah. just very accessible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And like as the movie goes on, like he, like more and more situations happen, and like the, the relationship between him and his, his friend in the movie, played by Raphael yeah, Castle. Miles, and, Miles. Colin and Miles. Like their dynamic and the way that, like there's one very the, powerful scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After after the they go to the party and yeah. then yeah. Yeah. That that, that was that incredible. Now that is a well deserved payoff. Yes, exactly. It, it built and built and built and we right. finally got the explosion of emotion mm-hmm. that we needed. So so it was, great. And then and then I, I don't want to go into spoilers right, or anything. Right, right. Um but but the and the, after the, that. the scene at the end with oh, yes. with the officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where he finally gets, um, he gets his closure. Yeah. I guess. Yes. Um, oh yeah. His it, kind of big moment in the movie. I yeah. and like that was that were, was beautifully oh done. It was amazing. God, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was one of my favorite like movie moments of 2018. Yeah. Um, and I read some reviews that like the like a couple of reviews were like well, I could have gone without that. That was kind of weird. No, no, I and loved I'm like, it. Yeah, I'm like that's this, first of all, this is how he expresses himself. Yeah. And he's doing so with such raw emotion, like yeah. oh my god, like that that performance and, was so great. Well, it was it was the outlet that the character needed. It was exactly. Oh yeah. So and deserved. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. So do you think blind spotting will be on your? I'm not question? sure. Okay. Interesting. Um, Maybe it was really uh, good. Yeah. Also, I will say that the uh, not to go into spoilers or anything, but like the. Blind spotting the um the the way it's the mentioned title, in, the, in the yeah in the movie the title in the movie like the the significance that the title has in the movie in the dialogue mm-hmm. I thought that scene was just really beautifully yeah. done 
um, in really broad uh, I was home. I was wondering why it was called blind spotting yeah. Oh, yeah. for a while until we until we got to that but it was yeah, yeah it was good yep so really good movie I think it might be on my top ten um I I really need to finalize that I'm strong so performances really it was strong. yeah it was, now I know that David Diggs can act because mm-hmm. he's been on Broadway right um uh and you yeah, kind of got to be a good actor for right. that but Raphael Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was amazing. Yeah, I had never seen him in really anything. He, he played a character who had a lot of vulnerabilities. Yeah, and who who played them off as like mm-hmm. you know he, the, the stronger he was, the less vulnerable yes. he could be. He, was vulnerabilities that he was he was hiding masking. In, yeah. yeah, masking with yep. with this machismo mm-hmm. energy. Um, and he had he had some really beautiful mm-hmm. moments oh, yeah. in the movie. Yep, totally agree. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think anything more on blind spotting. No, no, I think okay, that's cool. It. Um, it was good. It was. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Oh yeah. So let's kind of wrap up with our lost point. Lost point. Uh, and we can just briefly touch on we we we, yes. we watched a couple episodes. Yes, we have watched. Uh, we just watched episode three of Flashpoint. Um, in episode three of Lost, and I know Kirsten. I know. And I think, is this the first time we're talking on the podcast? Since? No, we, we talked once. We talked after we watched the pilot episodes. Right, right. Yeah, so we are covering the last two episodes that we've watched, <laughs> which we don't have to go like episode by episode yeah. or anything. But I know that you were like, there was a span of a couple of weeks between us watching the episodes. And I know for a fact, you don't even have to agree. I know that you were just dying to get back to Lost. You were, I'm sure, of those agonizing over those two weeks, wondering like, what is the, what is this French transmission? You're right, Charlie. Where are they? Um, like, what is going on on this island? So, how excited were you to go back and watch uh, episode three, Tabula Rosa? I'm mispronouncing that. I'm sure uh, a Kate-centric episode. See, she's speechless. Um. Well, there was that one part where her boobs were wet, and I was That's real confused true. about that. It started to rain, but only her boobies were wet. Like well, she was in the tent, and like, it didn't she was make fighting Matt admit man. it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. She yeah. walks out, and her boobs are wet. Like it looks like she's been lactating. And I said to you that they had to get the eighteen to twenty-four male demographic. So, so yeah. Her, her boobs were real wet. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, no, it was good. It was good. I liked it. Nice. Um, good. Yeah. Um, uh, no, the one thing you were talking about, like convenient plot points. When when uh, Jack yeah. had Kate's mugshot, and he conveniently, oh, yeah. like when he took it from the, the agents, Marshall, yeah. Um, yeah, whoever he is, uh, from his, his jacket, jacket pocket. pocket who and, would not tell him what she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, he's having full conversations with Jack, yeah. and he's like, I want to talk to her. Yeah. She's dangerous. Don't trust her. He's Snake Plissken, basically. Right. <laughs> Don't trust her, Coffee Snake. Um, and I'm just like, just tell him what mm-hmm. she did. You know, like, no one would be that mysterious it's- in real life. But then but then Jack has, he gets the mugshot, and he's like, I'm not going to tell anyone. And he right. folds it up and sets it face up in the tent. And Hurley comes in, yeah. he's like, dude. And Jack's like, oh, no, you found out the secret. Like, if it was a secret, yeah. you would have folded it up and put it in your pocket. You wouldn't have left it sitting out face up when That's- people were going in and yeah. out. Like... But it's all part of the mystery. It's not <laughs> part of the mystery. There's nothing mysterious about also, it. Also, if you if you're if you're um 
ups- I don't know. If you're if you're taking issue with the fact that like the marshal wouldn't tell him uh wouldn't tell him what she did or anything or wouldn't speak and everything, you are in for a long six seasons. <laughs> <laughs> like this is gonna be fun. <laughs> I, was, I just didn't understand why he just wouldn't say yeah what she did. <laughs> It's like, it's like, um, don't trust her. She's, don't trust her. What did she do? And also, I had some overhead luggage. You need to take <laughs> it down. I had some candy bars and stuff. Also, I have a wife. She's in, she's in Wyoming, oddly enough. Isn't that weird? She's in Wyoming and I was in, I was in Australia. Okay. But, you know, that's hey, just why don't life. you stop? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that's anyway. So what'd you think about Flashpoint? Okay. So Flashpoint, we watched, uh, we've watched two episodes since we last checked in. Um, I do want to mention, a uh, couple things. One is the episode we watched today had Eric Nudson. Nudson yeah. Yes. Who was in uh, Scream 4. Yeah. He was good. Uh, he was very good. Yeah. yeah. Talk um, about characters you want to be sympathetic for. Yes. Yes. They definitely. Uh, He's no demonstrated hoagie. a lot of right, right. Uh, they definitely demonstrated a lot of sympathy for him, and it was it was a good episode. It was very very sad, very mm-hmm. somber. Um, but what I want to mention specifically is episode two with the heart transplant. Patient yeah, that's a good episode. Father. That's a really that's good a episode. very good episode. And one thing that I really loved about it that I that I kind of after after we had watched it, I kind of sat on it a little while is that one of the things that I like about the concept of the show is that it is human these characters yeah greg it's, parker has this thing that he says it's, it, they're not a bad guy it's it's a guy who's having a bad day right exactly he's having a bad day and like because you know because like while we were watching that episode it's like basically the plot of the episode is that uh this father whose whose daughter was on the transplant list uh gets a page that she's she's gonna be on she's gonna have her they heart have transplant. a heart for her yeah. so they've rushed um, to the hospital yeah it's a it's literally a life or death life or death thing turns out that there was a miscommunication she's not actually doing it so that sets him off like Th- there there is a heart it's going yeah. to another patient exactly and and so as the episode unfold unfolds more by the way flashpoint is on amazon prime i think lost is on hulu um right now but anyway um he takes the takes them hostage and he like he had he pulls a, he grabs a gun from from a security guard and he uh which having previously been a security guard was just i uh, i really uh felt for that guy because yeah. he got fired but probably um, yeah yeah but um <laughs> but it's uh, it while we were watching it as this plot was unfolding i was thinking about like how like you see on the news like oh gunman takes people hostage at so and so do, like like does this and you just think like uh, like how could um, you get to that point yeah. like where you would where you would be desperate enough to do that but exactly. like well i mean this you know in his eyes it's the only way to save his daughter's life right. and he would rather go oh, to yeah. jail and know his daughter is going to be alive right also it's <laughs> cheap in a little bit because it's canada where they're not going to get like it's you know they're nice there but um anyway well, slip on the wrist eh? yeah <laughs> will you go you home want- and get to your daughter all right <laughs> Don't you know? Uh, but it, that's Wisconsin. <laughs> that's yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was really good. I'm I'm enjoying uh, watching it. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm enjoying Lost also. Nice. I and I mean I'm agonizing over all the theories that I have I, about all the characters. I love how Flashpoint. the episode we watched today it ended on a very dramatic moment because we found out that on the last episode there mm-hmm. there was a teaser where Locke was talking. Mm-hmm to um uh walt walt yeah. yeah and he's like do you want to know a secret, know a secret? and he doesn't we don't find out what the secret is but right. um in 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 the episode we watched today mm. uh michael the michael, dad michael yeah. he's talking to uh walt and he and he's like yeah he told me a secret and he's like well did he 
did he say you couldn't tell me? And he's like, no. And I'm like, first of all, that's the point of a secret, but right. whatever. But then Walt's like, he <laughs> said kid. that, he said that, uh, the crash. Um, it, no, he said a miracle happened. A miracle to happened to him. Yeah. Um, like, well, that's kind of, and I, again, that's vague. I love like, how they're building yeah. it up for, to make him seem like some kind of mysterious bad mm. guy. And it's like, I, I know enough about Lost that I right. know what the miracle was right. that he can walk now. That Well, not to not to spoil it or anything, but we're going to find out next episode. Like, it's not uh, like a long-running yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And Locke as a character develops a lot. Like, he really fills into that that kind of role. Like, he and Jack go at odds with I just always really liked Locke me too he's just a a like a great actor oh my god Terry O'Quinn is amazing Um, but but yeah part of part of the reason you like Locke so much is because he's so mysterious exactly exactly it's cool to see like knowing what I know seeing Mm -hmm. how they're setting it up and everything so I do want to (laughs) mention because I don't know much I don't remember much Mm -hmm. going forward from here so watching this episode I kept thinking like this this show goes into such goes goes just so into so many just really random like kind of fucked up things throughout the series run that I'm really excited to revisit them. And, oh great! Yeah, and uh, and see what you think of them. But uh, there was there was a moment in this episode where a uh, big point of the episode, one of the B plots, was that um, Michael is trying to find uh, Vincent Walt's mm-hmm. dog. And uh, Locke creates this. He, dog he, he yeah, he he, he carves carves yeah out of wood. Yeah, and he he gets the dog, and so he goes. He does a nice thing for Michael, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I found I, the I dog. found the dog. You should yeah. tell Walt that you found him." Yeah, um, but <laughs> but the scene is like he goes over to Michael, wakes him up, and says, "Hey," and with a smile on his face, he's <gasps> like, "Hey, I found your son's dog." And I think it was Jimmy Kimmel, like, was doing, when the show was airing, he was a huge fan of Lost. Like, Jimmy Kimmel, like, would have the cast on and he would always do, like, like, segments and everything. After the show aired its series finale, uh, they had, like, an after show with Jimmy Kimmel. Like, Jimmy Kimmel live did, like, a live broadcast with all the cast and everything, just talking about the finale. Like, he was a huge fan. Um, but he did this thing and he's done, a, he had done a few of them. Where it's like unnecessary censorship. I think it's a long running like segment on a show, but he did a like lost edition. And there was, um, like a lot of it was like, um, like there's a scene in like in a future episode, like Jack, uh, Jack is a surgeon and like there's a scene in one of his flashbacks where he is about to operate on a woman and, uh, she's like, she's talking to him like before she goes under anesthesia and she's like, she's crying and everything. And then he's like, I'm going to fix you. It's very dramatic. <laughs> So, and then also the scene with Locke where he wakes up Michael and he's like, I found your son's dog. They bleep found and fix. So it's like, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> and I fucked your son's dog. <laughs> it's just, Someone it's so sound funny. bite that. Yeah. Matt, Wait, just no, Matt no, no. saying that. No. I, <laughs> I got to give the, I got to give the listeners what they want. I fucked your son's dog. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you. Don't um, look directly in my eyes and say that. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Why you don't have a son? Uh. Um, <laughs> uh. Okay. Anyway. So yeah. So lost is good. Flashpoint's better. It is. Someone uh, sound bite. You said. You said yeah. it is. Yeah. I said lost is good. No, Flashpoint's better. Oh, oh! I didn't catch that. <laughs> and you I, said it is. No, no, no! no. I and said, that's I that's gonna be out. Because... That's gonna exist forever. <laughs> You're forgetting I edit this podcast. Don't. I will. Don't edit that out. Anyway. Matt, I need this. I fucked your That's son's dog. 
Okay. Oh, I hate you. So- God. <laughs> let's wrap this up. Let's let's do. Okay, this is the obsessive viewer. I'm sorry. If you um, made it to the end of this episode, yes. good job. Right. Uh, what what Mike likes to do whenever he's on the show is he likes to give a um a hashtag for the listeners, and if they listen to the <laughs> hashtag, very end- I fucked your son's yeah. dog. <laughs> You heard it, folks. <laughs> Tweet us with that. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, next week on the podcast, so we're it's this is Christmas. This is our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, guys, mm-hmm. or happy holidays, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> I I had a thought. Like I wanted to like post something, like tweet this or something. It's like the real war on Christmas is people thinking that Die Hard is, or people saying that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So anyway, um, next week we're gonna I'm gonna try to squeeze out two more episodes of the podcast. Um, I'm uh, me and Tiny on New Year's New Year's Eve. I'm gonna hopefully get an episode out. That's me and Tiny reviewing Roma, which is currently available on Netflix. It's uh, Alfonso Cuarón's uh, movie, his latest movie, uh, first movie since Gravity, which was my movie of the year in 2013. So I'm really excited to talk about Roma. And uh, I think b- before then, um, when I, when I checked into the theater when we saw Welcome to Marwin, uh, the comment was um, uh, the weekend that a major DC movie releases. Oh, yeah. Of course, Kirsten and I are seeing Welcome to Marwin. <laughs> um, so uh and we're now reviewing it um but uh, tiny and i are gonna see aquaman tomorrow morning and then i think i'm gonna have fekas on for a bonus episode that should come out later this week um hopefully we can get that together so basically we'll close out 2018 with a bonus review of aquaman and a review of roma and then we'll probably take a week or two off and get our year in review episode done can i just slide in here real quick sure did you see the favorite i did yeah fuck you did you want to see that? You know I wanted to I see didn't. it. Because every time the trailer came on, I said, that looks like it's going to be good. And you said, it doesn't look that good to me. And I, I you okay. knew I wanted to see I it. I did not and know that. I am so pissed at you that you went and saw it when you knew I wanted to see it. I didn't. Because I feel like I remember like asking, like, do you want to see it? No, this? because I did want to see it. And I told her I did. And Manny said it was good. I'm sorry? Yeah, um, it was you actually pretty be. good. Manny <laughs> said it was good, and was. I, well, I told you, I, I told you it looked good, and it looked funny, and then I wanted to see it, and Emma Stone, and and you said you didn't even want to see it. I, okay, what I said was, I'm not sure that I want to see it because the director is this guy that I don't like. I've seen two of his movies. I don't. So really I just like wanted him. to slide in there and say, okay. screw you. Well, sorry. Um, I can see it again. No, I don't want to now. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, let me go through my A-list here and see if there's anything else that I'm going to get yelled at about. Yeah, let's see what's going um, on. Yeah. Because the the thing is, we're in uh, crunch time now. Crunch so, time. Crunch time. Because I want to see as many 2018 movies as I can before the end of and the I'm year. And I'm in rehearsals. I want to yes. see Bumblebee. Oh, yes. Okay. That's not one of the ones I'm going to see. I want to see Bumblebee. Um, I I do have a ticket Christmas Eve for Mary, Queen of Scots. Do you want to see that or no. are you going to yell at me? Okay, good. And then uh, Vice comes out next week. What is Vice? That's the Vice President of uh, Dick Cheney movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I, gonna see that maybe next Friday. I do want to see that. Okay, will you yell at me if I see it too, or if I see it before you? 
Is this you saying you, you're not going to go see it with me? No, I mean, I can. Yeah, I mean. I want to see on the basis of sex. That looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, glass. Allison Wilmore had. Oh, yes, Glass. We need to see Glass. I, we need to have like a day or like we need to plan something where we watch Unbreakable and Split and then yeah. see Glass. I've never seen Unbreakable. That surprised me when you told me that. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited. Looks. I just haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else? Because I'm gonna see. I want to see Vice. We can maybe see that like next weekend or something. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Um, Vice, and then oh, uh, Holmes and Watson. No, looks terrible. thank you. I'm gonna pass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I real I honestly did not know that you wanted to see. You are the favorite. Lying to I'm me. I'm not. So, but you want to see Bumblebee because of because oh, Dylan O'Brien is Dylan playing O'Brien. Bumblebee apparently. Um, I swear to, I know he's going to have like one scene yeah. with like one two lines of dialogue. Well, I'll let you know when I see it tomorrow. Bumblebee? No, not Bumblebee. Oh, okay, uh, never mind. I was he's thinking not, Aquaman. He's not in Aquaman. Well, you don't know. He could he's be. playing Aqualad. Um, yeah. <laughs> who is a that's a thing. Right, right. Yeah. He uh nah, is he a Teen Titan? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. The, uh, the original Aqualad was one of the original members of Teen Titans. Nice. Um, I do know that you want to see Mary Poppins Returns. I do. Yeah. yeah. Which is what uh, Kirk asked if we were seeing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Our fan. And, yep. And then in February, I know you're just dying to see Isn't It Romantic? Um, well, too bad I have a show in February. So. Well, that's fine. You'll uh, We'll find time. Mm, and I got it's the show, fine. so it's, well, I gotta... we'll find time. It's going to be such a huge hit, though, that it's going to be in theaters for like it's going to be like Titanic or Avatar. It's going to be in theaters for like a year. So once your show is done, we'll have to go see Isn't It Romantic a few times because like there are some nuances that I'm sure we're not going to be able to catch uh, the first couple of times. <sighs> um, yeah. So yeah, and apparently you want to see the favorite. All right. Well, I think we're well, done. With you don't this need episode. to do that. I do. I just got yelled at. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we are done with this episode, yes, and okay. maybe done with this friendship. Yes. Um, Self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> like I said, it's your last episode. Um, <laughs> check out Patreon at patreon.com. Yeah. If you want to know what we're talking about, exactly. Uh, but yeah, okay. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week and uh, or later this week if we can get back on for Aquaman. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Merry, oh, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> that too. All right, Merry Christmas, guys. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. So, Kirsten and I, uh, we just, we, uh, we're about to record ups. Oh my god. Shit. Oh my god! I think she's crying. <laughs> that wasn't just a yawn. That was like you gasped, and I saw your soul leave your body. <laughs> this whole time, oh, while, he, while 
while Matt was setting up, I was yawning because mm-hmm. it's getting a little bit late and I'm sleepy. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, get all your yawns out before we start recording. <laughs> I don't want them interfering. And then you have the audacity to go. <laughs> so, so we're about to record episode 263, which will be Kirsten's last episode. <laughs> That was the most dramatic yawn I've ever seen. Oh, God. Anyway. See, that's normal. That's sedating. (laughs) The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White. That's me at R.A. Fekis and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at TheSecularPerspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! My f***ing son's dog. Huh?